1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, you know what time it is. It's time for another edition of the Steelers Draft Fix. My name is Jeremy Betts, and I'm always joined by Andrew Wilbar. It is draft week, ladies and gentlemen, and it is time to get serious. Andrew, let's bring you in, and we'll talk about some interesting topics leading up to the 2022 NFL Draft.
0: Well, I I have to apologize to Jeremy on that one because I was supposed to play the draft chimes a little (laughs) bit earlier, but my phone froze up, so I couldn't send it. Uh So that, and nonetheless, interesting start off to draft week. But uh, anyways, I'm super pumped. I'm so excited. This is the best three-day event in American sports. And I'll rival, I will fight anyone over that claim. This is the best three-day event in American sports. I'm looking so forward to
1: it. You know, I always tell people that um my 3 favorite weeks of the NFL calendar. Number 1 is Wild Card Weekend. Number 2 is Opening Day. Uh so opening weekend. And then number 3 is the draft. Those are my 3 favorite uh weeks of of the NFL season, the NFL calendar. I guess you could say Maybe not wild card weekend. Sometime like if the Steelers have the buy, maybe it's divisional round weekend. But uh either way, uh those those weeks, if the Steelers aren't included in in the playoffs, then wild card weekend is always so much fun. Um, I love it. But the draft is way up there for me too. It's just it's a time of hope and it's a time of uh, you know, these guys coming in and being able to build a team that hopefully can contend in your division, in your conference, and Ultimately, for a Super Bowl, I'm excited to see how the Steelers draft goes this week. Um, we're hearing some rumors and we're going to get to those in just a second, but before we do that, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, on Friday of last week did announce that they had re signed strong safety Terrell Edmonds to a one year deal worth two and a half million dollars and, um, Andrew, I think we were both surprised by the number a little bit, but very, very happy and excited that we got a, a solid plus player back in the secondary, knows the system well, and uh, on such a cheap contract. 100%.
0: I mean, this is not the year I want the Steelers to draft a safety. Not a ton of draft picks. You, it really is not an elite safety class, especially when you're looking at strong safeties. And with Edmonds, we knew the number was going to be low, but I don't know if any of us anticipate it only being $2.5 million. I mean, Marcus Allen is making more money than Terrell Edmonds is making right now, and he could ideally be cut. So it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic deal for the Steelers. I only wish it was longer than just one year, but I'm not going to complain about that right now. The good news is the Steelers did not have to draft a safety early on, which I am thrilled about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this draft could provide many a challenger to – uh, Marcus Allen's position on this team so the fact that he's making I think it's only like $0. 0.4 million dollars more but still the fact that his contract is worth more uh, in monetary value than Terrell Edmonds was a surprise um, Edmonds just must not have been getting much interest I know uh, Jeremy Fowler uh, from ESPN mentioned that uh, the Bengals and was it the Chargers the Chargers or the Dolphins
0: somebody else Oh, in the Dolphins
1: case- That's right. I think you're right. I think it was the dolphins um, were showing interest, but it must not have been enough for him to say, Hey, let's take this contract and move and uproot myself and leave Pittsburgh. So anyway, he is back in the black and gold and Steelers fans. I know we have mixed feelings about Terrell Edmonds. Um, A lot of fans thought he was a reach in the uh, first round of the draft and maybe so, but he has proven to be a quality starting safety he performs his role well. He has grown into it. He, like I said before, he communicates and works well opposite Minka. So an A-plus move for the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion. Um, we're hearing some more things about the draft. We're hearing some rumblings about how things are going to go. And so before we hit Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week, Andrew, let's talk about some of those rumors. I have been hearing about the wide receivers uh coming off the board fast they ran fast in the pre-draft process i think they're gonna uh, run fast off the board uh, as well in this draft a lot of pundits are thinking that there could be as many as seven wide receivers going in the first round what do you think about um, that rumbling across the league
0: it definitely makes sense especially when you consider all the teams in the back half of the first round that are in need of receiver you look at new england green bay Kansas city. There's other teams. If the jets, like a guy like Traylon Burks, and he's still available at 29 30, dude, they move up and try to get into the first round. You have the lions picking at 32. They're in need of another receiver long-term. So there's a lot of teams that need wide receiver. And with the, the way we see their value increasing in the NFL, just based off the money that they're making just in the past couple of months, the crazy amount of money they're making. I think you are going to see a lot of receivers going off the board. I only have six, with a first-round grade currently, a straight first-round grade. I have a couple with an early second. One of those is Traylon Burks and the other one's Chris Alave. Um, I both have second-round grades on them. But I only have six guys going to the first round, but I could see as many. You could honestly make the argument for eight. I have a feeling seven is probably the magic number. But, yeah, it is a loaded class, and there's a lot of teams in need in the back half of the first round.
1: Right. I think if you see a run on them in the late teens, early 20s, then you'll see – a run later in the draft too. It just kind of is, is one of those things, three or four of them go in five or six picks and teams start to panic. And they're like, Oh boy, I'm not going to get this guy where I thought I was. They move up, they make a selection. That's why I think you could see some guys like sky Moore and Christian Watson, uh, curl into the back end of the draft with a, a desperate team, kind of moving up uh, from the second round or a team that maybe moved back from earlier, grabbing one of those guys, um, later on in the draft for sure you had some other rumors you've been hearing let's hear them well the first one is pertaining to Andrew Booth
0: and I'm hearing that he's falling on a lot of draft boards from the people that I've heard talk about the situation it sounds like a lot of teams do not view him as a first-round prospect and Kyler Gordon from Washington is ahead of Booth on most boards now in the real draft I still expect Booth to go around one because of the amount of teams in need of corner But could you imagine if he falls to, say, pick 40? I mean, I would think the Steelers almost have to trade up for him at that point, maybe trade a twenty twenty three third away, maybe package Deontay Johnson, anything like that, since the Steelers may get another third-round pick next year if Brian Flores gets hired away as a head coach next offseason. Maybe the Steelers would be willing to trade their current third-round pick for next year, you know, but that's something to keep an eye on. And then just a few guys, I'll kind of go rapid fire through these because there's a lot of them, but guys that are rising on boards in that third, fourth-round range. Devin Harper, linebacker, Oklahoma State. I believe Doug Kayed from PFF has been on top of this. He's had eight meetings with NFL teams in recent days, and it looks like he slid in the late third, early fourth round range. He's a little bit undersized, but a very good athlete. Jelani Woods, tight end Virginia. There's been a lot of hype surrounding him since his combine workout. He's had 20 pre-draft meetings since the combine hmm. with NFL teams. I mean, that's an incredible number for a yeah. guy who most expected to be a fifth or sixth round pick. At this point, it honestly would not surprise me if he's the second or third tight end off the board. Then two corners that I'm hearing could be mid-round picks that I would not have expected just about a month ago. Deron Bland from Fresno State and Chase Mm -hmm. Lucas from Arizona State. Had eight official pre-draft visits, including the Dolphins, the Packers, and the Broncos. All three of those teams could be in play for a corner in the middle rounds. And as for Lucas, he had a really strong combine workout. And many, from what I hear, many teams see him as a starting nickel corner in the NFL, probably another guy who goes in that third, fourth round range, but I have heard two potential suitors for Lucas, the Cleveland Browns and the new England Patriots, both teams brought him in for a pre-draft visit. So it wouldn't shock me if either team pulled the trigger on him in the third round Two offensive linemen. I'm hearing that could go high as high as the second round, Luke Gedecky from central Michigan and Zach Tom from Wake Forest. Tom's the guy that I've gone back to the tape and I've watched a little bit more of him. I've been really impressed with his work as a pass blocker. He can make it to the, in the NFL as a left tackle for a pass-heavy offense. I, and I kind of consider him more of the poor man's Charles Cross in this class. Good athlete, not a great run blocker. He's not going to move defenders off the ball, but very sound pass coverage. Watch his tape against Jermaine Johnson um, in the Florida State game this past year. Really impressive. It would not surprise me if he goes in the second round, but if he were to fall to third or fourth, perhaps the Steelers take a chance. on They do lack, We do lack depth at tackle. Um, but then two Steelers-specific rumors, and then I'm done linebackers, James Skulski from Clemson and Mark Robinson from Ole Miss. The Steelers brought in both for pre-draft visits. They're – look, we're talking, you know, sixth, seventh-round picks. If the Steelers pass on a linebacker early, there's a really good chance the Steelers take one of these two guys with one of their final picks. And lastly, there is a lot of smoke surrounding Matt Kanda's rumored desire for a versatile weapon on offense. And we've heard a lot about Debo Samuel this week because of his situation in San Francisco. It's rumored that Canada wants a guy to play a similar role to what Debo has played in San Francisco. We've talked a lot about Traylon Burks. He's not falling to 52, and I don't see the Steelers taking him in round one. Sky Moore from Western Michigan makes a lot of sense because of his ties to Pittsburgh as well as the Tomlin family. But if he's gone by pick 52, do not be surprised if the Steelers reach for a guy by the name of Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. He's a guy who can line up all over the field and provide the versatility that Canada's rumored to want. I have a late third, or early fourth round grade on, just because he's more or less a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type receiver. And I feel like the Steelers need more of a vertical burner than mm-hmm. another gadget guy. Sure. But the Steelers may not see things the same way. So Those are a lot of rumors. There but several things to keep in mind as we get ready for the draft on Thursday.
1: Absolutely. And I think we've kind of taken for granted that the Steelers just know how to draft wide receivers. And uh, that's kind of what we label it as. But, you know, I wonder how much of that was actually – Ben Roethlisberger being a just a, on another level at quarterback like he was and upgrading the talent around him and making them superstars. A lot of these guys, when they leave Pittsburgh, their careers either fizzle out or aren't as flashy. Uh, maybe they're still solid producers. Um, one of the few wide receivers that I can think of that has had a, a better career away from Pittsburgh than he did at Pittsburgh is Emmanuel Sanders. And that's because he was buried on the depth, depth chart. So, uh, you know, how much of it was Ben Roethlisberger? How much of it was the uh, front office knowing how to draft wide receivers? We're going to get a, our first taste of that, I think, in uh, 2022 here um, with, with a different quarterback behind center. Um, but for now, I think we do have to trust that the front office knows what they're doing. If they go get a Wondell more earlier than, than uh, most teams would, it, you know, it might not be that bad of a deal some things to keep an eye on Steelers fans as we approach draft weekend we did a Twitter mock draft and it was a short one it was just a three-round mock draft um asking you Steeler Nation who you would want if uh specific guys were available just a quick poll that we did and we got a lot of good responses from that it's really interesting to me Andrew how we got where we where we were I want to see if you can guess um who Steeler Nation would have taken. In the first round, I offered them up these four guys as the options, uh, Malik Willis, Jordan Davis, Andrew Booth, who we just talked about, and then Chris Alave. Who do you think P- Steeler Nation went with as their first overall pick at 20?
0: Oh, I mean, you knowing Twitter, they like the flashy thing with the quarterback, but they also like the big guys. You know, there's been a lot of hype around Jordan Davis. Did they by any chance take Jordan
1: Davis? It was super close, all right? 41% of the field went with Malik Willis and 38% went with Jordan Davis. So the pick was actually Malik Willis out, out of okay. Liberty, which did surprise me a little bit. I thought that Steeler Nation was more in love with Davis than they were with Willis. So uh, I kind of fell in with you there. Uh, uh, in the second round, because they passed on defensive tackle, now I'm not sure if he's going to be here, and so we put this up on Twitter, um, but they selected in the second round – Defensive tackle Travis Jones at 52, probably not going to be there at 52. But if for some reason his positional uh, or the position he plays is not as heavily valued in the second round uh, as opposed to wide receivers, cornerbacks and and some of those secondary uh, players, uh, maybe Travis Jones does fall, but they selected Travis Jones over wide receiver Alec Pierce, linebacker Chad Muma and safety uh, Jalen Petrie. What do you think about that selection?
0: I love Travis Jones. My only concern is that because defensive tackle isn't an immediate need, it could be next year. And we know how the Steelers like to draft for a year in advance. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers took Jones. And if he's available, it would be a good pick. But I think a lot depends on who's available wide receiver. We know that they just brought in Miles Boykin, but obviously wide receiver is still a need that I feel like they're going to address pretty early. Round two is probably the round they take it in, but – Round three, no later than round three. But I think a lot depends how quickly, like we were talking about a minute ago. How quick do the wide receivers come off the board? I mean, I would take Travis Jones over an Alec Pierce. I would take him over, uh I would probably take him over George Pickens, even. Um, sure. but then you know, John Mechie, I actually have Mechie a little bit higher than Pickens right now, similar grade though, you know. I would probably lean towards Jones, but that also depends, you know, what other receivers are available. Did some team already reach for a Taekwon Thornton? You know, do the Steelers have no right. options as a speed receiver? But Travis Jones is a guy, just based as a prospect, I would love to see what Carl Dunbar could do with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned wide receiver, big knee. It's going to be an early selection. So we had – this was before uh, Terrell Edmonds had officially signed with the with the team, uh, re-signed with the team, I should say. Uh, but there was a tie at the top. uh, was the tying number of votes that chose uh, wide receiver Danny Gray out of SMU and safety Nick Cross from Maryland. Uh, So Twitter put the blue check next to uh, Danny Gray. So that became the official Twitter selection there. Uh, Maybe it was just like one vote more or something in their calculation. So uh, that was Danny Gray over Nick Cross. And then cornerback Marcus Jones out of Houston and offensive tackle Matt go from North Dakota. How do you like the Danny Gray selection in round three?
0: See, I'm not quite as hot on Gray as some other draft nerds are. And a lot of it just has <laughs> to hey, do no. with the fact that he didn't always play to his speed that he timed at the combine. Sure. You know, on tape he's fast, but is he does he truly have world-class speed with the pads on? There were times where he didn't really separate as much as I was hoping there are other times where he was running wide open. So it looked like, you know, maybe he torched someone, but it was really just a missed assignment on defense. I felt like it was just, yeah, he was more of a victim of just circumstance. It was really, he's a difficult evaluation because he does have a lot of talent. Um, but also, I mean, he had uh, Reggie Roberson there as well. He had another guy taking a lot of pressure off him as kind of the deep threat in that offense. So, you know, Gray is not a guy – I would choose Tyquan Thornton over him. Even though Bo Melton's not the same deep threat that Gray is, I would probably take Bo Melton over Gray because I feel like he has a little bit more complete game than what Gray has. So I'm not the sure. biggest fan of Danny Gray. If we're going to take him, I wouldn't take him any earlier than the
1: fourth round. Gotcha. Well, the Steelers uh, – Steeler Nation, that is, kind of showed their hand at least on the positions that they think are important for this team to go get – uh, especially with the players that I listed as available there uh, on the Twitter um, poll. So quarterback, defensive tackle, wide receiver, you'd think if the Steelers address those three in the first uh, three rounds, that that's not bad positionally uh, as, as long as the, the players uh, line up with what they're looking for. So that was Steeler nations uh, tw- or from behind the steel curtain.com. Uh your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me throw that in there. But that was uh, Steeler fans following the account that voted on that. If you haven't followed Behind the Steel Curtain or Andrew Wilbar or myself, go on to Twitter right now and do so. We've got a lot of Steeler-related information that we're going to try to give you as we continue on throughout the rest of this offseason. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to deal some interesting topics in the second half of the show don't go anywhere we're going to be right back night waiting for the sun Welcome back to the Steelers draft fix. It's time for some ideal draft scenarios. And Andrew and I are going to break down all seven rounds. Every Steelers pick, we're going to pick a guy that we think uh, if he's available when they pick um, in each round would be the perfect, the ideal scenario for the Steelers for how the draft lays out here. Uh, We're going to start with you, Andrew. And you're going to, excuse me, you're going to give us your ideal draft scenario. And feel free to to go in depth on some of these players and why you chose them uh, where you did and how you got there. Uh, let's start in round one. And uh, you tell me what happened in your, or what happens in your ideal draft scenario. Play it out for us here.
0: Well, I've not been shy about admitting that Malik Willis is my guy if the Steelers are going to take a quarterback. And since enough mock drafts still have the Steelers staying at 20 and being able to take him, I felt like it was realistic enough to take him at pick 20. So obviously in an ideal mock draft, I'm not going to purposely trade up when there's still a chance that the Steelers may not need to. So I'm, I'm taking Malik Willis with that 20th pick,
1: man. That is ideal. If you know, I didn't put that in my ideal draft scenario, um, but I could not complain if that was the case. Um, I really like what Malik Willis can bring from a potential perspective and if they can stick, put at 20 and, and get them, you can't argue with that. Uh, what'd you do next? Okay. So the next thing I did, I proposed a
0: trade to the New York Jets. General manager, Andrew Wilbar did. And the Steelers <laughs> are trading Deontay Johnson. So Ooh. we've seen Ooh. all of the wide receiver movement. And of course, Deontay Johnson, you know, there's rumors, you know, he's wanting a new deal. He wants to stay at Pittsburgh long-term, but how much are the Steelers going to have to pay him? I'm not paying Deontay Johnson some you know, four to five year, $90 million deal. He, I just don't think he's worth that much. <laughs> sure. He's he's a good wide receiver, but he's never proven that he can be a number one all on his own. So why not trade him while the stock is high? And Shannon White had an excellent article this past week, uh, laying out what a trade for trade away. Okay, let me rephrase myself. The draft is getting to me with 500 prospects floating in my brain. Absolutely. Trading Deontay Johnson away to another team, what that trade could potentially look like. And I believe that with the way wide receivers are being valued right now, the Steelers could get a high second round pick for him. I, I don't think that's really out of the question. Maybe even a late first pain on the team, but sure. I had the Steelers trading Deontay Johnson to the New York Jets for pick 35 and with uh the 35th pick in the draft taking uh Scott or excuse me. No, not Scott Moore, Andrew Booth, cornerback oh, Clemson. And because I mean, I would personally be okay with taking them at 20 or even trading back a little bit in the first. Sure. But now that we hear that Booth is potentially falling and he's not grayed out as a round one prospect by a lot of teams, maybe he falls to day two and at the beginning of round two, I would absolutely love Andrew Booth.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's if he's there, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if Pittsburgh makes a deal up of of any kind. My one question with uh, dealing Deontay Johnson is: is what do you do at wide receiver then at that point? And maybe you explain it to us a little bit further in your draft, but go ahead. Well, with our
0: original second-round pick at pick 52, I have the Steelers taking Sky Moore from Western Michigan. And this one I, I'm kind of on the edge about because some mock drafts haven't fallen that far. Other mock drafts don't. Right. I'm, not getting, I'm not hearing a whole lot of rumors surrounding Sky Moore as of late, period, good or bad. So I think there's a chance he does fall at 52. I think you're going to see one receiver fall that we don't expect, but we don't know which one it is. If it's Sky Moore, I think there's – I mean, I, I think the Steelers would be thrilled to get him, especially with his relationship with Dino Tomlin um, and, of course, his ties to the city of Pittsburgh. It would mm-hmm. make so much sense, and really, he's he has more upside than Deontay Johnson has in the yeah, first place. Absolutely. He he, he's just – a. I mean, he's a little bit raw. He's a rookie. You can, you can only have reasonable expectations for him, and maybe you'd have a lot of moving pieces with wide receiver in Mitch Trubisky's first year or Malik was whoever wins the job. I mean, the wide receiver position would be a little bit in flux, but I feel like long-term that's the better move.
1: Yeah, it could very well be. And you'd think if the Steelers do go that route that they bring in a veteran receiver, they may do that anyway, bring in a veteran receiver with NFL experience that can be kind of a leader in that locker room at that position. It's not out of the question at all. I think they could find somebody cheaper than uh, Deontay Johnson. And maybe make, if they go the Sky more route, in round two and pick him up. Maybe uh, two guys can fill his shoes enough to, to make it work um, especially early while Skymore is still developing or the um, vet guy coming in uh, has a chance to get his feet wet. I like it. If Sky is there at 52, I think the Steelers uh, I told you this, I think they trip over air uh, running up to the podium to, to drop that card in uh, Roger Goodell's lap. So That would be really intriguing to me. Where'd you go in round three?
0: This wasn't going to surprise some people, but I did before announcing this election, I'm announcing a trade with the 49ers. The Steelers are getting picks 105. So we're trading back 21 picks, but we're getting 172, which is a fifth round pick. Plus we're getting a 2023 fifth round pick, so We're getting a little extra ammo for next year. Right. They don't
1: don't have a fifth round pick this year. So that could be right. That could be helpful.
0: It very much would. And then with the thir- with the 105th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Tyquan Thornton, wide
1: receiver, Baylor. Hey, there you go. So Back-to-back receivers, huh? Back-to-back
0: receivers. And I know the Steelers brought in Miles Boykin, and there's a lot of depth receivers. I'm a big fan of Baylor sure. and Steven Sims. But even Sky Moore himself is not a true burner. He ran a 4-4, that's good speed. But he's not a guy who's, who consistently torches defenses right. over the top. There's times where he will, but that's not his mojo. I mean, he's a good route runner. He can do a lot of different things really well. I don't think he's going to be used as a just a pure deep threat. That's what Thornton could be for this team if he can add a little bit more weight to his frame and still maintain that four-three-ish speed. I mean, you can't ask a whole lot more. I know that. I mean, he's not going to be a seven-eight reception a game guy for you. I mean, th- there's definitely a limited ceiling just based on you're only going to. He's only going to see so much volume. But all the Steelers need him to be is that guy who can be that deep presence that can threaten a defense multiple times a game, you know, three, four times a game. That would do so much for opening up the running game. That would keep the safeties back. And, I mean, can you just imagine three years from now when Malik Willis is fully developed, if Chase Claypool breaks out, the Steelers pay Chase Claypool. That's the receiver they decide to pay long-term. You have Sky Moore who develops into at least what Deontay Johnson is right now, and then you have Tyquan mm. Thornton as the deep threat in that offense. Watch out. Hey, Pat Fryer moved the tight end.
1: Yeah, man. It's, you know, if they can rebuild it that way, I think that Steelers fans could be behind that. And, uh, I mean, how fast was that Baylor team this last year? Um, JT Ooh. Woods and uh, Thornton on the – or Woods on the defensive side, Thornton on the offensive side. They had – Barnes some, on defense yeah, as well. Kalon Barnes, Yep, yeah, exactly. That – That was a fast team, and you saw it on on film, too, especially with Thornton, a guy that I have really liked as a mid-round wide receiver, fitting a mold, obviously. I don't think he becomes a wide receiver one necessarily at, at the NFL level, but for the role that he could play as a field stretcher and take the top off the defense, keep the defense honest, I think he's one of the best in this class. Uh, potentially at doing that. So uh, I like it. Back-to-back wide receivers is bold. I like it. Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep rolling with it. Um, who do you got for the Steelers, I guess, now in round four?
0: Round four, I went
1: – I was just a little bit torn here. I wasn't sure which direction to go,
0: but I went with Dare Rosenthal, the offensive tackle from Kentucky. The Steelers still lack depth at offensive tackle. I'm not a big fan of taking tackles in the mid-rounds – But with Rosenthal, I feel like there's enough upside to warrant the selection. We talked about him a little bit when we broke down the offensive tackles. He weighed in 30 pounds less at the combine than what he was listed as during the regular season. Mm. And that makes his evaluation really difficult because, I mean, he played with a lot of power at left tackle. I mean, he's a good athlete. He's very nimble. I mean, he could do a lot of things really well. But he was a bulldozer in the run game as well, especially on undersized edge rushers. I mean, he blasted those guys away from the ball. But can he do that at 295 or whatever he weighed in at? Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference between 295 and 325 is huge.
1: Yeah, So I'm,
0: it's very difficult. But, I mean, he was a talented guy. I believe he started at LSU, um, and then he ended up transferring to Kentucky. There's a lot of traits to work with here. He's, I think he's better suited as a left tackle, so he would be a good backup to Dan Moore on the left side. And then you would have a core for and Hague, I guess, on the right side. Mm-hmm. I'm not extremely thrilled about that tackle group, but I pretty much accepted the right. fact that the Steelers like Chikuma Okor for 10 times more than what I do. And that <laughs> they really did not prioritize this position. Like I believe they should. So if the Steelers are going to wait until day three, which I think they will to get an offensive tackle, dear Rosenthal is a guy that I would have interest in. If not Rosenthal, Matt will who we've talked about before mm-hmm. or even right. tight end Daniel Bellinger. They it would both be nice selections.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I like that. Um, Okay, so now we got a fifth-round pick for the Steelers. Who, who'd you go with there?
0: Round five, I went with Damone Clark. It's hard to tell where he's going to go. He could go in the fourth. He could go in the seventh. I mean, it, it's so difficult to tell where he's going to go after his injury. But yep. this would, I will, I'm not going to get too much into Clark because we did break him down a lot on the inside linebackers. Now, if you want to add on onto him later, um, mm-hmm. I'll let you go ahead with Clark. But an ideal landing spot for Jack Jones or to Kobe Durant here as well. They're both slot corners that sure. I could see the Steelers the, – that I could see having been a real good fit with the team. But if the Steelers take Andrew Booth early on, that would probably mean Levi Wallace moves inside of the slot and your need a slot receiver is now gone. So I don't right. think they're going to really double dip unless it's like a seventh-round pick. But if Jack Jones or Jacoby Durant is here, those are two other guys I would be more than happy with.
1: Sure, absolutely. I also have Damone Clark selected in my ideal scenario, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, where'd you go in round six?
0: Round six, I went with Jesse Lakeda, the edge rusher from Penn State. He's the guy played primarily inside linebacker at Penn State. You could tell he was out of position, but he's really good. He doesn't have production coming down the blitz, but you could see that he has good closing speed. He wraps up ball carriers. Um, he's very strong against the run. He can hold the edge um, against the strongest tackles. I mean, the, the few times that he was on the edge, he was able to hold his own and be able to set that edge in the run game. This is a guy I really like his game overall. He's not the most athletic prospect. He didn't test well. I think he's more athletic than what he tested. But Mm -hmm. uh, still overall, very disappointing athletically uh, at the combine. But still overall, I really like Luceda. I really want Taco Charlton back. But since he's now with the Saints, there's a need there. One guy to keep an eye on, though, if the Steelers need to get another receiver later on, is Isaiah Weston from Northern Iowa. I mentioned his name before, and I actually went back and looked up Martavis Bryant's athletic testing numbers. And Weston's numbers are honestly a little bit more impressive across the board. Now, Bryant did not run as fast as 40 when he was running. I firmly believe that he was a true 4-3 guy. But Martavis Bryant, six foot three and six tenths, 211 pounds, 32 and 5'8 inch arms, nine and a half inch hands, four four two 2 in the 40, 16 bench reps, 39 inch vertical, 124 inch broad jump. Hmm. Isaiah Weston, six foot three and four tenths, 214 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms, nine and a half inch hands, four, four, two in the 40, 20 bench reps, a 40 inch vertical and 135 inch broad jump. Very identical to Martavis Bryant. So I put this out on Behind the Steel Curtain's Twitter account earlier this week. Um, Very interesting comparison. I'm not saying they're the exact same, but Hmm. based from an athletic standpoint, um, there's definitely a lot of similarities. Uh, I'm not saying Weston's gonna have the same success Brian did early in his career, uh, but there's a lot of traits to work with with Weston. It doesn't make quite as much sense now that they brought in Miles Boykin, right. but uh, he's a guy that I know the Steelers have shown interest in the later rounds. Be interested to see if they actually pull the trigger on him.
1: Yeah, that comparison's really uh, neat to me. I, I did not compare them that closely together until you mentioned that. But looks like, um, though, even a little bit that Weston's got a little more explosion in him uh with the jumps. You saw those being a little bit bigger than, um, than Bryant. So I can see where you, you like some of his testing even a little bit more. Um Wow. So yeah, if, if they need to go wide receiver, maybe they just take one early and they need to go wide receiver again, he would be an intriguing option in the later portion of the draft as well. All right. And then you had, I think you had um two guys at the same position in the seventh round. Is that correct? Um. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking something different.
0: Um. Yes, you are correct. I, okay. I had different positions. Um. I had round seven with the 226th pick. I had the Steelers taking Ioma Uwazurike, defensive lineman from Iowa State. There's a lot of inconsistencies in his game, but at this point, I think it's worth the risk. Six foot six, 316 pounds. I believe he had nine sacks this past year, which is really impressive Ooh. for an interior defensive lineman. Yeah. I think because of his length, he could play five tech for the Steelers, especially with the athleticism that he has. And I know that the Steelers drafted Isaiah Loudermilk last year, but I believe Wazerike has a little bit more athletic upside in the long run. And the Steelers could still look to add somebody late in the draft, especially if they have concerns about Stefan Tuert's future with the team.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, and then who's your final pick? I went with Lucas cruel the tight end from
0: Pitt. I, I mean, Daniel Bellinger is my guy that I would love in the fourth or fifth round. But I, as much as I'd like to see the Steelers add another tight end, I don't. I think it's going to get pushed down the needs list. But right. you take Lucas Cruel here. I thought about Quentin Lake or another guy that you had in your mock draft, uh, that I'll let you discuss later on. Sure. But he tested the cruel tested much better athletically than I thought, ran like a 464, recorded a 35-inch vertical at 6'6, 253. And he's a pretty solid inline blocker as well, which is something I greatly appreciate in tight ends, especially in today's modern day football when you have all these move tight ends. I like the old school guys. So Cruel is a guy that'd be really intriguing in the later rounds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's a homegrown guy too. So that you know the Steelers know him well, uh, as well as all the pit prospects in this draft. Okay, so that's Andrew, that's your ideal draft scenario. If the Steelers walked away having done that, then you you're you're feeling really good about, about what just happened. Am I am I right in that thought? Probably. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be I'll be doing Chinese fire drills at every stoplight
0: I stop at from my home on the way back to college that weekend. I mean, I'm going to be pumped, but nonetheless, I'm curious to see where you went with your first round pick. I know that you've mentioned uh, that you went with a quarterback in the first round. Which way did you go? It sounded like you went with Malik Willis.
1: Well, I I did not go with Malik Willis. And uh, the reason why is because I I still think he's going to go earlier than the Steelers uh, 20th pick. And I don't think they're going to um, sell the farm to go get him. Even if it's a few draft slots up, I think somebody else would, would, jump in there so my thought process is the Carolina Panthers are the are the linchpin of the draft they're the hinge point of how this thing goes if they go offensive tackle which I think is what they're going to do um, if one of those big three guys Evan Neal uh, Charles Cross or uh, Iki Aquano are there uh, for them to pick if if they make that selection um, then I think you're going to see teams go okay well Uh, let's wait a little bit and see what happens. But then Atlanta now, uh, has the opportunity to maybe take the first quarterback off the board or Washington or, uh, Seattle, you know, some of those guys right around, uh, nine, 10, 11 in this draft. And I think the first quarterback goes right around there. And then I want to, when that happens, I think you see the saints, uh, move up to get their guy too. I think that, or, you know, stay put at, at 16 and get their guy, um, So I think both Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are going to be gone before the Steelers pick happens. So in my uh, ideal scenario, they do not stay put at 20. Um, They do a projected trade back with the Kansas City Chiefs at pick 29. The Chiefs would send their 29th and their uh, 60-second pick, so their second second round pick. Uh, They also have pick uh, 50, I believe, in – in a round two as well. So they send 29 and 62 to Pittsburgh for um, the 20th overall pick. I think Pittsburgh's very happy to get a second, second rounder uh, and just fine moving back. And then at 29, the Steelers, well, I should mention the chiefs go up because they want to get a wide receiver. I think that they're, they're dead set on that. And uh, they want to get their pick of the litter more or less, and I don't think you're going to see more than maybe two or three wide receivers gone to this point. It's really the back half of the, of the first round where I think the run goes on wide receivers, so they go up and get their guy. The Steelers get to fall back. I think they're locked in on quarterback. I think the next guy that they're looking at is Desmond Ritter, and he's my pick. In the first round at pick 29, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. He's got all the physical tools. He's got all the leadership capabilities. He's got all the experience you want. The Steelers are hoping that they can take Josh Allen accuracy problems in college and that turn them into Josh Allen accuracy fixed at the NFL level. If they can, Desmond Ritter doesn't have the arm of of Allen, so maybe that's not quite a superb comparison. But um, Ritter can put the ball where you need it he's got enough arm strength to get it done and the athleticism factor is huge I think the Steelers will value his character and leadership and I think that's why they go quarterback this case being Desmond Ritter with the other two guys that might be on their radar gone already there's two rumors that I just got sent from somebody at BTSC
0: and I want to put them by you real quick because it ties into what we're talking about It came from an ESPN draft primer rumors article with Jordan Reed, Matt Miller, and some other guys from ESPN. This is what it says, and I quote, In conversations with league sources this week, one told me that Pickett to the Steelers at number 20 is the only round one quarterback on which he would bet. That's not good news for Willis, who could realistically slide to the 20s and tempt a team such as the Lions to come back up and get him. They have numbers 32 and 34 picks. Or perhaps it's one of the it's one last smokescreen attempt. But the buzz surrounding Pickett, Willis, Desmond Ritter, and the other passers has quieted down to a point that just one first-round quarterback wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. That to me, I'll stop there before I get to the second one. Sure. The, that rumor sounds a lot like a smokescreen to me. Yeah. I don't. I, this yeah. is about the point where we start getting into the you know, the lying period of the draft process. Generally, once you get about a week and a half to two weeks, you know, once you're about a week and a half to two weeks out, that's about the last time you can finally trust the rumors that are coming in. Yeah. And it's, then it's backtracks. Yeah. Trying to manipulate stuff. I just don't see this. I mean, Todd McShay a month ago said that Liberty's Hugh Freeze. And I believe another assistant coach from Liberty that Tom was talking to and raving about how he loved Willis. It was yeah. just a matter of, you know, whether or not the Steelers were going to move up for him. And the Steelers we know aren't a team that does a bunch of smoke screens. Right. I don't know if this what, – What do you buy this rumor about Pickett in the first-round quarterbacks? I have a hard time believing.
1: Absolutely not. I don't necessarily even think Pickett is on their first or second-round radar. I don't think he's a guy that they would want to go after. And, uh, you know, m- my reasoning – I put it in an article, and I think he's just a little too similar to what Mitchell Trubisky already brings – to the field um, from a quarterback position, they're going to go with somebody that's a different style. They're going to go with a Malik Willis or a Desmond Ritter or even a Sam Howell or Matt Corral with more athleticism overall and, uh, you know, um, potential to be a, a difference maker at quarterback. Kenny Pickett's hit his ceiling. In my opinion, I think scouts kind of feel the same way. So I'm not buying that at all.
0: And here's the disclaimer, and it's the second rumor, right before we get back to your ideal scenario mock draft. Mm -hmm. This is Matt Miller saying it might just be late draft season smokescreen, but there's a lot of chatter about the Steelers not being sold on quarterbacks other than Pitts, Kenny Pickett, in this class. The Steelers famously attended several pro days and had the top quarterbacks on their radar this offseason. But the rumors dominating the text lines this week, and get this, which is why I do not buy it, the text lines this week have Pittsburgh potentially going offensive tackle in round one Mm. if Pickett... Isn't available. The only round one guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I believe they may have met with Trevor Penny, but I think he's yeah. going to be on the board before the Steelers pick. The only yeah. other guy that could potentially be a tackle that would be in play for the Steelers would be Trey for would be um Tyler Smith from Tulsa, mm-hmm. and I know the Steelers attended his pro day, but the Steelers do not prioritize the tackle position enough, and they haven't shown enough interest in them. I, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but after once I heard that rumor, I'm like, okay. I don't yeah. like either of these rumors. I don't know. Like right.
1: I, I smell smoke. Somebody's got a brisket on the smoker and uh just turning up the heat. You know, that's that's all that is. Uh, they're just trying to disguise uh what, what's going on. That's that's all this is in my in my humble uh not in the building opinion. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tend to good. agree. Now sure. you
0: you after your trade, you have two second round picks, or you should have two second round picks now. I do, yep. Where do you go in uh,
1: with those two picks? So my first second round pick is a wide receiver. And it's a guy I think um, I think could fall uh, two fifty-two because of um, some of the other positions that might start to go in the in the early second round, some of the quarterbacks. Um, and then he comes from a small school. Um, but he's another guy that I've likened to Martavis Bryant from a size and speed and skill set perspective, without the off-field issues. And that's uh, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Um, not only is he from a Dakota school, which is uh, you know where I grew up, I grew up in North Dakota and South Dakota, so I have an affinity for those schools a little bit. Uh, Watson's physical skills are exactly what teams want to mine in the second third rounds of drafts i could see him falling uh just because of the reasons i mentioned if he does and why i think it would buy, be ideal it is that he does fall to 52 in the second round and the Steelers don't have to go get him i like christian watson at wide receiver with my second pick
0: that would be fantastic i mean could you imagine the jumbo package the Steelers could put out with chase claypool christian watson both of which are six four miles boy yeah. who's four and then pat Fryer with six behind
1: yeah, I mean red zone. I mean whoever's at quarterback, just put them all in one spot and throw it up in the air, right? Some one of them is going to come down with it.
0: <laughs> and that could really help Mitch Trubisky in terms of you know if he has any accuracy issues and getting right. acclimated to the system. You know, having those extra couple inches can be a big deal. What did you do with your second second
1: round pick? Well, before I get to it, I wanted to mention one other thing is that uh, Christian Watson, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, those guys, and Frymouth too. Those guys are all viable yak guys yards after the catch they're not just catch the ball and go down Uh, those guys can make plays after the catch too so that helps trubisky as well uh but i with my second second round pick pick number 62 the one the Steelers get from my projected trade with the chiefs i did go offensive tackle a little earlier than you i went with uh abraham lucas abe lucas is a guy six foot six 315 pounds um he faced so much pass blocking assignment last year. Um, He had so many assignments last year, one of the most used tackles and he had like almost no pressures uh, against him. And it's, it's one of those things where the, the experience plus the size just seems to be an ideal fit for what the Steelers want to see out of a guy in the early portion of the draft. And I think he'll, he'll last up about that long. It's a, it's a good sweet spot for him. He might go a little bit earlier, um, but if he does fall into the latter portion of the second round, man, I would love for Pittsburgh to pounce on him. He would be a, an ideal competition piece uh, along the offensive line on the exterior portion of the offensive line uh, where they s- seem to be thinnest. It'll be
0: interesting to see where Lucas falls uh, just because the, the, well, some people believe there's a decent amount of depth to tackle. I'm not of that mindset. I think there's yeah. some depth, but not excellent depth. I think there's a big drop off between the top three, four guys because um, I have Tyler Smith listed as a guard. And then after that, I think there's a huge drop off. But Lucas, you know, where does he fall? Is he a mid-second? Is he a late third? He could go anywhere in that range. But it's interesting to see because he is more of a right tackle, but he's more of a pass blocker. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if he tries to transition to the left side. You know, what what are teams going to do with his skill set? But I think he has a
1: link three, to do that, too. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In round three, I see that you went with a you know, I mean, you put out a lot of defensive tackles on that Twitter mock draft as options. You yeah. finally took a defensive tackle in your ideal scenario mock draft in the third round. Which one did you go with?
1: I went with a Bama boy. The big Hawk Mollies up front and at Alabama know how to play football. I went with Fedarian Mathis. His size and his experience there uh, and the coaching that he uh, was provided as, as a really good player uh, for a really good defense. I think that translates to the NFL. I think it's undervalued a little bit when teams get into the, the uh, early portion of day three uh, where, or I'm sorry, in the late portion of day two, where guys are trying to find some upside picks too. Um, guys with uh, huge potential. Fidari Mathis is kind of the rock solid steady guy. I think the Steelers really could use in the middle, a good run stopper. He does have some pass rush ability as well. Uh, you might even say he's more refined in that area than, some of the other guys near the top of the draft uh, that um, kind of have the potential to, to do it, but uh, it hasn't been really seen a whole lot. I love Mathis in, in a late round three. Yeah, that's an interesting pick, especially
0: when you consider Dunbar's ties to Alabama. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that could, you know, make sense with a Padere Mathis Beck He's kind of in a similar mold to Aluoglu from an athletic standpoint, a little bit better pass rusher probably than Aluoglu um in round four we've talked about this corner extensively and uh we talked about him a little bit on the corner uh back episode and we're probably gonna discuss a little bit more when we get to the btsc big board of corners which will be coming out early this week who did you go with in round four and i know he's one of your favorite corners
1: yeah he is um the size and the um athleticism the traits the experience it all matches uh, he's a an in-state prospect as well for Pittsburgh. It's a Penn State cornerback, Tariq Castro Fields, and I actually uh, did the um, scouting report for him for the uh, for the big board as well. And just a guy that has all the tools, and uh, he's he's already a solid contributor for um, he was already a solid contributor for Penn State, uh, also a well-coached team there. And I think that Pittsburgh is going to look now at some of these in-state guys or some of these uh, um, guys that they might be a little more familiar with uh, going into um, day three. That's kind of where you see that separate a little bit. You see some familiarity play into it, and I think their familiarity with in-state Penn State, uh, a Big Ten school um, with a good history, a, a, t- a school they like to pick from. Cornerback uh, Castro Fields brings a lot of potential Uh, for not a lot of draft capital cost in my opinion. So uh, this would be an ideal selection spot for him in the uh, uh, middle of the fourth round. The good thing about Castro
0: fields is that he has inside outside versatility. You can play him in the slot or you can play him out wide. Who did you have in round six?
1: Yeah. So in my mock, we did not pick up a fifth round draft pick. So we're skipping on to pick two Oh eight in round six. And, I picked this is where I picked up Damone Clark from LSU. I know you had him in with your fifth round selection, but like you said, he could kind of go a lot of different areas. Ideally uh, he falls because of his injury um, to, to round six, where I think the Steelers uh, will look at his athletic upside and the skill set that he had uh, before his injury really cost him uh, a lot of playing time. And if that can be remedied and remind, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what exactly it is. I think it's a uh, a back issue. Is that right? Uh, spinal. F- I believe he had
0: spinal fusion surgery.
1: Right. Right. Okay, that's right. So, um, that hasn't worked out well for uh, players in the past. Um, so there are some red flags. But in round six, I think you you take flyers on potential, especially at a position like linebacker, where the Steelers uh, have some guys in place that they, they seem to like, um, after having traded for miles Jack and they've got a guy they traded up for in the draft just a few years ago. And Devin Bush still there, um, Clark could sit this year, no problem. Um, you know, work that back out, get back into football playing shape and be an absolute steal by the time he hits the field in 2023 or whenever that might be it's something that I think the Steelers should keep their eye on. Just like you had him selected in round five. That's kind of why I went with him in round six. That is a really
0: interesting pick. It's so difficult to tell. Like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, you know where he's going to go, but I would have no issues taking him that late. Um, in round seven, I know this is the point where we get to our draft crushes and just guys that, you know, we really are on. Who are your two kind of draft crushes that you just had to fit in, in this mock?
1: I had to get me some Abram Smith, uh, from Baylor, uh, Gotta get one of those Baylor boys we were talking about, but uh Smith just brings it all to the table at the running back position. Um, he kind of kind of gives me a little bit of a Tony Pollard vibe. Um, maybe not quite the physical specimen that uh Pollard is, but just what he can do, catch passes. He was underutilized at that at that um in that role at Baylor, but I think he can pick it up. He showed good hands at the Senior Bowl, in practices in the game, and then also in drills at the Combine. Teams will value that, his versatility. His uh, shiftiness would be a great asset to the offense um, to kind of complement our guy, Najee Harris, in the backfield. So he's who I went with with my first pick in the seventh round. Really like him and fits an area of need that the Steelers uh, have uh, going into this year. And then my final pick in the seventh round is... Isaiah Polameo, um, the relationship to uh, Troy, uh, what that means to Pittsburgh, what Troy means to Pittsburgh, is kind of why I went this with this route. And he's got an immediate role on special teams, in my opinion, as a hard-hitting, uh, knowledgeable player, and the potential to be much more. So, a potential seventh-round steal, no doubt. Isaiah Polameo is my guy to round out the Steelers 2022 draft, my ideal draft scenario in this case. That's a really interesting draft.
0: And to point out one thing on Abram Smith, the interesting thing about him is that he's, I think, a little bit bigger than Tony Pollard is. I could be wrong, about but I think he's a little bit bigger. So he may even be able to carry a little bit larger workload than Pollard is able to long-term. But I think sure. the, this, I think this is something that we need to put on Twitter and have the twitter btsc twitter uh family uh vote and see who had the better ideal mock
1: yeah absolutely i think we know who's is going to be but um you know we can we can do that well, if you want to so <laughs> i'm just kidding all right hey that's our ideal draft scenarios look them up we'll we will post these on twitter and uh really i would be happy with either one uh after hearing what andrew had to lay out there too so uh it, you know it's it's kind of what are the Steelers hitting? What position groups are they grabbing? And what are they doing for their future um, and w- at the quarterback position? I think that needs to be addressed despite uh, some people uh, feeling that quarterback could be passed on this year. I think you throw darts until you hit something, and uh, that's what the Desmond Ritter pick for me is. Uh, Andrew, before we go, let's uh, just kind of rapid fire some uh, draft locks. We're going to lock it up with a few things that we think are definitely happening in the draft this year for the Steelers, this is Steelers centric. So let's start with you. What is your first lock? This is happening. You're locking it up right now. This is going to happen on draft weekend.
0: The Steelers will draft a quarterback.
1: All right. You're locking that up,
0: locking it in.
1: Okay. So that could be anywhere. That's, Bailey Zappi in the middle of the of the draft. That's uh, uh, Jack. Cone. There's a lot of kin in the seventh round. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, EJ knows? Perry. The Steelers, the Steelers could ideally draft
0: two quarterbacks if they wanted to, one early and one late. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely room for it, and obviously, you know, it's not the scenario that you wanted to be in. Um, with everything that's happened with Haskins, you know, just a horrible right. situation. Absolutely. Um, and it's not really a reason, you know, it's not something you want to necessarily discuss you know how are we going to replace him mm-hmm. um but as we begin to start moving on from it um you know it's something that the team's going to have to figure out whether what, what are they going to do Josh Dobbs is signed with the Browns so they can't bring him right. back now uh so the Steelers have to figure out something they've only got Mason Rudolph and um Mitch Trubisky right now
1: right I think somebody comes in a I think they go with one quarterback in the draft early Probably. and then they they grab themselves a an undrafted free agent afterwards that seems to that seems to be the most likely scenario, but I agree with you. Steelers will will most definitely pick a quarterback in this draft. Um, my first lock is I think the Steelers definitely go wide receiver in round two. I'm locking that up. Uh, it's a position of need. It's a position that they don't address in the first round, but they've shown a propensity to grab guys in the second and third. You got Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster being the most recent second-round picks, and then you've got um, Deontay Johnson and uh, James Washington. Uh, those go, those guys coming in in round three, providing valuable snaps at wide receiver. I think the Steelers take it a little bit earlier because of the talent disparity at wide receiver uh, from the top of the draft to the, the middle. So getting a Christian Watson or a Sky Moore or um, – you know, somebody like that in the second round would be ideal. And I think that they do that. I'm locking in a wide receiver for the Steelers pick in round two. Andrew, what do you got next for your draft lock?
0: The Steelers will not
1: take an offensive lineman in the first two rounds. They will not take an offensive lineman in the first two rounds. That's, that's interesting. That's a a big need on a a lot of Steelers plates or Steelers fans uh, plates for for the team to pick up. So mm-hmm. uh, bold prediction, but you feel confident they they'll go a different direction in the first two rounds. I kind of feel the same way as well. Uh, my second lock is that the Steelers will not make any trades. They will stick with where they're at. I know my ideal scenario had a trade. We just talked up all these trades, but <coughs> excuse me. I think the Steelers avoid it, pick where they're at no trades for Pittsburgh in the 2022 draft. Finish it out for us, Andrew, with your uh, third lock. The Steelers
0: will not draft an inside linebacker before day three.
1: Ooh. And, you know, that was a position we had talked about a lot as being a potential grab early for Pittsburgh. Chad Muma, Leo Chanel, uh, Quay Walker, all these guys in the middle uh, of the draft, they could still do that, but you're saying they, that they don't do that. See what this is. What's crazy about it? I don't see where Miles Jack fits into
0: the defense. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience playing in three-four defenses. Period. But when he does, he's more of the Mac. And we've talked about that before. He's not a true Buck linebacker. Steelers could still be need in need of a Buck. I imagine they're going to try playing Jack in that role. But I really don't know if that's going to work out. Right. But just look at the money they paid Kor for and the money they paid Miles Jack. If you combine those together, the Steelers could have signed Tyrone Armstead for that much money. And then you don't have to worry about offensive tackle at all. And then and you can just get an inside linebacker on day two instead of, you know, you know you could get a quay walker if he falls. I don't think he's going to fall as far as people think. But you know, Troy Anderson, yeah, Chad Muma, Leo Chanel, any of those guys. Would you not rather have that scenario having Teron Armstead at tackle and then just draft an inside linebacker on day two?
1: Oh, I would for sure. Sure thing at offensive tackle and you know, as close as you can get to a lock and load prospect that bug uh, in the second or third round. I I like that, that thought too. Um, I'm going to take your first lock where you said Steelers will take a quarterback and I'm going to, I'm going to one up you here a little bit. I think that the Steelers first round selection will be a quarterback. I'm locking that up and I'm actually going to go a step further than that. I'm locking it up that the Steelers first round pick will be Desmond Ritter. All right, I'm locking that up right now. He is the Steelers' first-round pick. Write it down. Go ahead and turn in the card to, uh, to wow. Mr. Kamish over there. Um, it's Ritter, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, who is your new quarterback in the room. Welcome, the Cincinnati prospect. Locking it up, baby. Desmond Ritter is the new face of the franchise. All right. Hey, Andrew, you got any last thoughts before we go? It's been a, a fun one, and it is finally draft time. Let's get to it. You got any final thoughts before we hit us, uh, before we'll be looking back on the draft instead of looking forward on it, to the draft? Well,
0: there's going to be a lot of draft content coming out on BTSC. Now, this is going to be coming out on Tuesday. So some of it will have already come out. But off the top of my head, all I can say is check out the cornerbacks big board, which will be coming out early in the week. Um, it may have already come out. And then you'll have the top I don't even know how many prospects we're going to end up doing. We'll see how many scouting reports we have, how many extra we got to do, but it's going to be a big, big board. Absolute minimum. We're going to have 200, 250 prospects with scouting reports um, on the big board uh, ranked. We're going to have a PDF that you can use to print out just for the ranking so that you have a source while you're watching the draft. And then of course, mock draft, uh, was it 5.0? Yeah. My mock draft 5.0. I can't even keep track of my own uh, (laughs) mock drafts, but you get it. Check it out. It's going to come out the morning of the draft. And I know mock drafts, everyone has their own opinions on mock drafts, but this one's going to go seven rounds long. It's going to predict every pick in the draft. Um, nice. So uh, yeah, it, it's going to be great and check out all the content on by the steel curtain, not just mine. Yep. There's going to be a lot coming out in the next few days. And I imagine Jeremy, you're going to have some content as well. Um, so just be checking it out behind the steel last thing. We don't know what's going to happen. Overall, I mean, we've got our draft locks. We have ideas of what could happen. But at the end of the day, do not be like me after the draft and rant mm-hmm. like crazy about how the Steelers messed it up. I've been wrong before, believe it or not. Um, it's <laughs> I've, I've been wrong a lot. But mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. It's one of yeah. the most exciting three days in American sports on the calendar. Enjoy it and – Hopefully, it played clear that time. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I messed up on that one earlier, so I had to get it in again. The best five seconds of sound effects in the entire world. Enjoy the draft. Go, Steelers. Get Malik Willis. Don't be afraid to trade back and gain extra picks. And we will have some fun discussing it next week.
1: Absolutely. That's it for us on the Steelers draft fix. We'll come at you again after the draft with a recap. And then during the draft, don't forget to check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're going to have live shows. We're going to have all sorts of fun stuff going on. Stick with us here. We've got you covered. Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk to you again soon.